Travellers in Time, Why Build the Titanic? Why Go to the Moon? Why does Cambridge play Oxford? Why did Cook discover Australia? Of course they could, and they can, and we can build the Titanic. We can bring to life the vision of so many people. Artisans, artists, musicians, designers, seamen, stewards, men, women and children who sailed on the Titanic. We can remember who we are and where we come from. Titanic comes from a time when the world was different, when there was a different culture, different ways of living, when people worked with each other more. And as James Cameron reminds us, my heart will go on. All of us have gone on in love, in the love we have for each other and the love that goes into our children. Our love goes out to the families of the Titanic. What we can do this time is to stand for what they once stood for. We will complete the journey. We will sail into New York on the ship that they designed, that they envisaged. Titanic represents the spirit of man, the spirit of love, the hope that all men have for peace on earth in our time and goodwill to all men. As a man of peace once said, we all know how to make war, but few of us know how to make peace. It's hard. You have to be persistent. Progress comes slowly. Inch by inch, we can bring together nations in goodwill. You know, you have to stick at it. You have to stay with it. The Titanic II will be a ship of peace. It will sail from China to Southampton, from Southampton to New York, from New York to Southampton, linking three continents, carrying the hopes and dreams of people everywhere. It represents the reconciliation of man, the hopes of many for a better life and a better future. That's what the original Titanic was all about. By learning from the lessons of the past, the spirit of Rose and Jack, Romeo and Juliet, lives in all of us. The spirit of life, the spirit of love, to dream the impossible dream. All of us live in time. This is our moment. It's our turn to board Titanic 2 and set sail on a new sea of our own making. The Titanic was the ship of dreams. Titanic 2 is the ship where dreams will come true. That was the love child of Cecil Rhodes and Donald Trump <laughs> spruiking his brand new century-old cruise liner <laughs> that's going to go forward in a... It's not going to get built. Has it been built? No, of course it's not it hasn't. It's not going to get built. He can't even maintain his current businesses. He's not going to build another Titanic. No. But it is so emblematic of Clive Palmer that the most progressive, glorious thing he can envisage is a hundred-year-old shipping fiasco. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also uh, emblematic of Clive Palmer just how fucking crazy and meandering and absolutely incomprehensible that ad is. That ad, the audio is breathtaking, but the visuals are stunning. Yeah. You didn't make me aware of quite how bleak the footage of the ship was. It would have taken too long to explain in a text message. So, basically, listener... He has recreated the interiors of the Titanic using a combination of poor set dressing and computer graphics. Mm. But he has only got half a dozen actors to populate it. So it looks like the most depressing and just godforsaken journey imaginable. It's insanely, like, confined. And it's great because it's like, Titanic, the biggest cruise liner ever made. And then so it's a series of, like, four foot by four <laughs> foot sets. 
And there's an Edwardian gentleman with a, a visibly peeling moustache. Yeah. Who's yeah. Uh, high, kind of gilded age acting as a bizarre subcontinental head wobble. Mm. While Clive Palmer speaks well, over the Clive top. Clive Palmer being like, reminds him that we live in time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a time then. This is a time now. We all live in time. Can't escape it, no matter how hard we may try. Peace is difficult. This is a ship of peace, somehow. <laughs> this is a disastrous commercial venture. Yeah. Always linked with peace. <laughs> There's never a military fallout from oh. terrible financial decisions. I love it. He's a dangerous man, but I love his fucking insanity. <laughs> oh, good morning, afternoon, or evening, <laughs> listener. <laughs> I am Darcy Moran, your host for the uh, for the afternoon, morning, or evening. Sitting mm. to my left is my dear friend, Kieran Stevenson. Hello. And you are listening to Weakness for Bleakness. Cue intro. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the iceberg's only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, and everyone their own depths rise, remember when the world was wise, we no, 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 no. Let's get started, shall we? Uh, with some, some news, some terrible news. Uh, f- f- <laughs> Firstly, uh, last financial year, it's it's come to light that 48 million calls to Centrelink went unanswered, which is a combination of, like, finding a busy tone or uh, being cut off half an hour into waiting or getting so frustrated, I guess, that you bail on the phone call. Well, you make that sound bad, Kieran, but mm. it's only one and a half times the total population of Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So if every single person... Uh, man. In fact, it's more than one and a half times the total population of Australia. Yeah, Christ. Uh, it's a lot of calls. <laughs> <laughs> this is something which I'm like, one of like two issues which <laughs> makes me really angry uh, is Centrelink understaffing and uh, the various soft moves by which uh, power tries to get people off welfare and smash the welfare state. So I'm not surprised by this, but it is a fucking It is an ingenious move to automate the culling process, mm. but keep the customer service aspect human staffed mm. because it means you can highly efficiently expunge people from the lists yeah. and then yeah, make it almost impossible for them to get back on. Yeah, yeah. And it's getting worse year on year. Like, the last time that I was on Centrelink uh, for study was a couple of years ago. And I remember it took fucking ages, uh, like a few months, a couple of months maybe, to get my uh, claim approved and to start getting payments. And I was lucky enough that, you know, I had steady employment at the time, so I could just, like, neglect my studies in favour of work so that I could afford to eat. And, uh, Fortunately, and, studies are not difficult. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was, 
a rough one there. But I remember <laughs> researching. I ended up getting through. This is the way you've got to deal with them. I ended up getting uh, on the ticket by sending them a complaint letter where I'd looked up the charter and their commitment to human rights and stuff and pointed out the various obvious ways in which they... Uh, were neglecting their duty, and then, like, two days later, it was like, oh, just by happenstance, we've approved your <laughs> claim. But uh, when I was doing the research, because everybody was going through it, I got a lot of uh, uh, information and, like, stories from people who didn't have uh, gainful employment and, for various reasons, couldn't <clears throat> get it while they studied, and so they'd been kicked out of their homes and were, like, sleeping in... Uh, in like student halls and cafeterias and shit while they were waiting and it was taking three four months for some people to get their shit uh approved and this is just for like study allowance to say nothing of like uh unemployment welfare or disability yeah. welfare or S- study allowance really should be a simple matter of the university mm. confirming that you're a full-time student it really shouldn't yeah. take any more than that <laughs> it shouldn't take more than fucking an afternoon. I'll give them a couple of weeks or whatever for their insanely shoddy and resource-starved system. But yeah, it's 100% uh, conscious at some level, probably above Centrelink or in the executive ranks of Centrelink to get people to stop getting welfare. Which is fucked up! Because these people are studying nominally to improve their ability to contribute to the fucking economic uh, well-being of the state and stuff. And also, if somebody's in a fucking hard strait and can't find work or whatever, they yeah, they shouldn't be punished. I'm not uh, surprising anybody with this take, I don't think. No, but it's good to be reminded of just how mm. trashed the system's gotten under the coalition. Yeah. Um, it wasn't healthy under Labour. It wasn't healthy under Labour, but there was a night and day difference. Yeah. The oh, election. God, yeah. And this is a consistent thing, right? I'm not a huge fan of the Labour Party, mm. but there is not a single instance in which the coalition is better than them. Like, La- Labour mm. are miles ahead of the coalition on every single metric. Yeah. Labour are like the centre-right-wing government that we deserve, but... Yeah. But refuse to choose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like we somehow f- <laughs> find the um, down-to-earth incompetence of the coalition somehow too adorable to... It's like, well, the Labour Party will take it better if we don't vote for them. They seem more grown up, you know? Yeah, Whereas yeah, they're the, not going to chuck a The coalition, we could seriously be hurting some children's feelings if we I don't d- let them govern. I don't understand how people... Like, essentially, the one thing that the Liberal Party is good at is the sort of, like idiot's propaganda that is just hammering home a message again and again and again with obviously no uh, (laughs) attention paid to how truthful it is, but it seems to work with people. Yeah, well, the the one thing that the Liberals have in their favour is under their um, premierships, rich people do become noticeably richer than they do under Labour's, right? And people Mm. think, oh, that means that the economy is performing well. It's not. The economy, on average, grows by higher percentage points under Labour than it does under the Coalition, but Labour doesn't facilitate rent-seekers to the same extent that the Coalition does. And it's easy for people to... I understand how people make the assumption of, oh, well, if more rich people are getting richer, that must mean it's a better environment for business. Yeah. Because... They're not analysing the circumstances under how that wealth is 
being derived and the fact that it's not being produced it's being siphoned yeah which is a massive difference <laughs> yeah a really significant uh it's it's in know. fact the difference between a functioning uh business and mm. a fucking incompetent mafia operation yeah a fucking uh healthy well-fed sated vampire does not necessarily indicate a good supply of blood in <laughs> the body of their victim to return to our circulatory metaphor from a few weeks ago. That's uh, rather beautifully done, Kieran. Yeah. I couldn't put it better. <laughs> but people fall for it. Yeah. 48 million calls is such a fucking outrage. It's difficult to wrap your head around 48 yeah. million as a, as a number of people attempting to seek assistance. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And just fully fucking giving up or not getting through. It's uh. It's trash. And then from that, we can only imagine the number of calls received that did not result in people getting the help that they needed. Yeah. Which is... It would be... <laughs> could it be a, at, at least five million, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who knows? It's impossible to predict. Because they wouldn't so... have that on file. That wouldn't yeah. be something they check for. Yeah. Man. Is it any wonder that, like, homelessness keeps going up and depression rates keep going up it's a wonder that people are still committed to Mm. the system as it stands yeah you know uh i mean the likelihood here is that the libs are doing what they always do with public uh services right which is to starve it until they can then justify privatization yeah Yeah, they 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 run it into the ground and then complain that it doesn't work Mm. because that's the thing this is not a fault of the staff at centrelink they're working no. in a situation that has been deliberately made untenable mm. by the policymakers of the country. Yeah. They live in hell. Yeah. They're, they're having a fucking horrendous time. Mm. You know, the civil service and the public sector are the means by which we support each other. Yeah. Um, and the Liberal Party's war on that could not be clearer. Yeah. Unless you're an idiot. How well, do you avoid falling into that rhetoric of, like, my countrymen are morons? Well, some of our countrymen are morons. Yeah. I mean, it's a fact that some people are stupid, kid. Yeah, yeah. I don't think enough of them are stupid to explain the strong support the coalition keeps getting. Yeah. I think that's... If we hearken back to that little conversation we touched on... Uh, not last week, the week before last week, mm. possibly about the danger of thinking in narrative terms about history. Yeah. Yep. Um, that probably explains a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. And, of course, all of the powerful people uh, putting all of their weight behind ensuring that yeah, the populace and, and thinks of the liberals as good economic managers. and The fact people are still getting their mm. news and current affairs, not so much the news and current affairs, but, but people are reading opinion pieces Mm. In media, from media outlets controlled by wealthy business parties. Yeah. Is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Opinion. You should never trust an op ed from a professional media outlet shouldn't be allowed to editorialize. Yeah. That's not a bad. Um, uh, But the. the, Not a bad. Also, people should be. I don't know. We had we had an incident at work the other day where some people got shouted at by mm. one of the, the club members because they were rolling around on the bowling green. Yeah. And I go, oh, we didn't know. No one told us that you weren't allowed to roll around on the... It should be fucking obvious that you don't roll around on someone's bowling green. Yeah. It's clearly a pedantically maintained piece yeah. of grass that is obviously not a lawn. Yeah. 
golf courses don't have to employ people to remind you not to roll around on the fucking putting green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would. Yeah, 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 yeah. A hundred percent. Ah, who knows? Anyway, uh, like, yeah. Let's not get bogged down in it. It's not the fucking topic. It's just a piece of terrible news. Let's move on. Let's push on. Well, I've got some very good news. Oh, good. Yeah, Scummo has finally burrowed underground. He's at minus 3% after the Wentworth fiasco. Yes, wonderful. He's still 10 points ahead of Bill (laughs) Shorten. God damn it. How? Because Bill Shorten is like, he's the anti-wingman. Yeah, yeah. Bill Shorten's just this, like, miasma of gloom and tedium. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just a horrible, pointless twerp. A chastity um, belt for the libido of anybody's fucking national yeah, consciousness. I, I, I think people's dislike of him is not rational. It's just a gut feeling that mm. this man's intensely tedious. Yeah. Possibly right? supernatural. Let's Possibly not discount that he wasn't He may be a, he may be a dryad that's yeah. been stuck halfway between his um, elven and, and tree-like forms. Yeah, well, he's definitely fucking wooden, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, horrendous, but yeah, Scummo's doing really badly, and that's I think good. one of the reasons Scummo's started to do badly is partly Wentworth. Mm. It's also partly because effective prime ministers um, have there. There are two important things that they need to do. One is pick a fucking constituency to bat for, mm. and make sure it's big enough to mm. sustain you. And the other one is demonstrate that they know how to do the job. Yeah, before they start launching into embarrassing rhetorical flourishes. And Scummo cannot pick a, a constituency. He's like Casanova whispering sweet nothings into the ears of his mistresses, but all 30 of them are in the room at the same time watching him. It doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And- a notoriously difficult thing to pull up. Um, and he's achieved fuck all, but won't stop talking about how great he is. Yeah, is ter- yeah. <laughs> absolutely really disastrous. And because it's not a presidential system, it's not mm. like you've got those four safe years like the Trump yeah. has got. You know, it's really like... It's precarious possibly, from day one, right? It's it's ironic that the prime ministers of this country are so unsympathetic to the casualised workforce, <laughs> given that they're the only uh, people with similarly tenuous jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no wrongful termination clause <laughs> in your There's fucking not. contract. I mean, ironically, um, Truffles was starting to do kind of reasonably well mm. towards the time that they dumped him. That was the bit where I was like, okay, sure, nobody likes him, but he's going to beat Shorten. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and now. He just, he turned the corner and that's like, yes, now, strike. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they were operating on completely different criteria because there were just a bunch of people who wanted to depose him and were just looking for an opportunity. It had nothing to do with his performance. Yeah, and they genuinely do not appreciate how unpopular they are, Mm. despite all of the feedback from the public. Yeah, well, they're not an evidence-based community. Well, no, because they've they've got this myth of the silent majority. Yeah. But but if polling is conducted at random and from large enough samples, Mm. there's no such... You can't have a silent majority. No, and nobody will shut up, as we've said many times before, so the silent majority definitely (laughs) doesn't fucking exist. It's like saying God's on your side. Yeah, it it is exactly the same (laughs) as saying God's on your side, and this secret conviction that there's always just more untapped resources. It goes across every single register of their political performance. They think that they're a fucking 
I don't know, secret forests underground so they don't give a fuck about deforesting the entirety of Tasmania. They think that we'll always have coal. They think that we'll always have fucking oxygen and the right temperature and we'll always have fucking uh, wealth for toil. Yeah. Or whatever. And boundless plains. Yeah, they take the national anthem seriously, which is a fucking warning sign. Except for the the only good bits in it, which they throw out. It's phenomenal. Um, Channel Nine News have f- have called it for Labour, yeah, and they're saying that the coalition's going to get exactly the same shit kicking that Labour got in twenty thirteen, yeah. And I can't remember the name of the, the journal, but it ends for Channel Nine a very sassy anti-coalition <laughs> note yeah. of when they'll have plenty of time waiting in the centre queues to contemplate oh. the disaster that they've brought upon themselves yeah. and the country. <laughs> of course. They'll actually be retiring on gigantic pensions. Not all of them. There's plenty of there's plenty of single term guys who are going to lose their spots. You don't get anything after one term. Good. Good. Maybe In fact, can go and get a real do you remember job. when they were, they were literally complaining about like, oh, but 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 we've set up our futures based on the fact that we've got jobs in Parliament. That now. doesn't sound like very fucking good financial <laughs> planning to me. Doesn't doesn't sound like good financial management. Doesn't. You should have done something with that two hundred grand. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Spending it all on avocados. <laughs> Or Advocate, probably more like. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's your link. Very nicely done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and over to you. Yes, I have another piece of nearly criminal. I guess it's not negligence; it's it's malice. So Simon <laughs> Birmingham, even better. Simon Birmingham, who's like the minister for trade and investment, I think, and has oversight of like uh, Australia Research Council uh, proposals. So like when oh. when academic researchers. Uh, in their early career, they apply for grants from the ARC and then the ARC vets them and they choose the ones that they think should get uh, funding and then they kick it up to the minister who's just supposed to rubber stamp what the experts have said. But Simon Birmingham has taken it upon himself to veto a number of uh, research proposals, thus uh, effectively cutting off the career of a bunch of young researchers and... Uh, all of his vetoes are in the humanities, and it's basically uh, unprecedented. I don't know if it's unprecedented, but it's definitely an egregious misuse of his ministerial powers to claim uh, to have a greater understanding of the needs of the research community than the research community. They all and, do uh, this, though. This is, like, <laughs> coalition fucking behaviour 101. Mm. They're all these fucking club-footed fascists. Mussolini and Salazar and Franco and Hitler were all so fucking desperate to be seen as intellectuals. One of the saddest things about them was how desperate they were to be seen as, like, capable intellectuals. Mm. Because that was a really... Intellectualism was seen as quite a sexy rock and roll quality (laughs) in middle 20th century Europe. And so, of course, it attracted every single benighted fuckwit under the sun. Yeah. And... Yeah, they just they 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 literally think it's a sign of strength mm. to just wade in, yeah. and smash expert opinion to smithereens and destroy everything around them. Yeah, I don't because I, they like, think that that means they're decisive and will be viewed as learned and intelligent. Yeah, somehow. yeah. Despite never having done read a single line of any of the disciplines that, that he vetoed, thinking that he has a, a grasp on it, is like. Pretty wild, so I, yeah. 
I think it was like uh, 10 to 12 uh, grants that got vetoed uh, to funding totaling something like two or three million dollars. And when he was called out on it by uh, Kim Carr, I think, uh, he said... Oh, yeah, Carr's all right. He said on on Twitter, I think the Australian people want uh, something better for their taxpayer dollars than to go into. And then he named uh, the title of one of the proposals. It was like the role of post-Oriental art in uh, Gibraltar or something like that. Uh, So he named and shamed somebody who he fucking kicked to the curb. One of our uh, budding academics would like to greater understand a foreign culture mm, and yeah. spread that understanding. Yeah. With what kind how of that might impact free trading society. great commercial nation would possibly be interested <laughs> in knowing about foreign cultures? Yeah. What good's that gonna be? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of how research works in the humanities where you have to like pin a whole lot of shit to the wall. Like, it's a really inefficient, in some ways, research environment because you have to, like, propose ideas and then have those ideas reworked a million times by a million people and stuff. And so, a lot of the time, the stuff that seems ridiculous is not ridiculous. And that doesn't even seem ridiculous. It's just a straight humanities research (laughs) project on fucking Gibraltar and art. Gibraltar's actually got some sort of a substantially... um oversized importance in yeah. politics because it is of course a british enclave on continental europe yeah it's not a so fucking... it's actually quite a it's quite a, it's a it's a particularly interesting th- case study in and of mm. itself and it's now in, in the light of brexit going to be a, a surprisingly important part of the world yeah mark my words could be a fucking case key uh study that just got destroyed and you know who uh who knows what the others were but i'm sure that they were all uh, meritorious no wait what's the one that means actually is meritorious actually with merit yes and meritricious Mer- is seems meritricious like it. is yeah. like specious specious uh okay uh <laughs> my word nerd friends uh yeah presumably they're all meritorious because they've come through the fucking arc and those people have a very stressful job which is to get hundreds and hundreds of research proposals and then yell at each other in a room how is it that our country is run by people who don't see any value in understanding I don't know. It's the, depressing. The cultures and civilizations of the, the world around us. That they, th- that they see nothing. How can you nothing... be in politics and not understand the value of understanding other cultures? I don't know. It fucking blows my mind as well. But it's, it's And he's funneling more... taxpayer money into fucking inefficient coal mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fighter jets from the US that fucking eject their pilots yeah, directly right. into the roaring Stealth engine. Stealth fighters and shit like that. that we can't use because they overheat yeah. unless you open the weapon flaps, which means they don't have a stealth profile and they break their pilots' necks if they try to eject. Yeah, but it's all right because they don't have enough fuel to get across our continent, let and alone to any international engagement. We could that we only need. conceivably need them to fight against the Americans. Yeah. 
because nobody else in the world has hardware remotely fucking like this. It's yeah. complete overkill. But if we do have to fight the Americans, we might have air superiority because we will only have 10 of those jets and they'll have 30 of them. So they will- th- I wish we only had 10. Do you uh, know how yeah. many Tony Abbott ordered? Before I know. I, know that, I knew that was a massive lowball as soon as I fucking said it. Fucking insane number yeah. of- yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. But the Americans will have more, which means that more of their good pilots will die than ours, based oh, on these planes malfunctioning this is true. and melting in midair. Completely true. But that's all right. And their aircraft carriers will get sunk by the Great Barrier Reef in its last act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll extrude from the fucking ground of the ocean like Poseidon's righteous fury. Like most mothers, nature will continue to guard her children long after they have abandoned her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's worse than just that. not having an interest in foreign cultures or not seeing the value in studying foreign cultures. But it's actively it's, thwarting it. Yeah, and, but it's like an active belief that there's nothing more to life that merits, like, uh, involvement in the economic system than strictly profitable shit. Yeah. Like, it, it's a really pernicious, ideological, fucking purely capitalist way of looking at the world, which and it- is that the real world exists as a secondary substrate of the it fucking market. contains an extraordinary irony. In the late 19th century, the continental governments of Europe were perfectly happy to fund and develop more esoteric lines of Mm. academic investigation and also industrial development, much Mm. like they still are today. And in the United Kingdom, Mm. uh, these things like physics and chemistry, which were sort of abstract Mm. by the standards of the day, was considered essentially a waste of time. And they're going to focus on smelting and textiles and the stuff that had made Britain great. And that is the reason, essentially, why British manufacturing failed to keep up with European manufacturing and why Mm. the British Empire wasn't able to sustain the two world wars it fought. It was completely because of this ridiculous notion of we have to focus on what's tangibly profitable in the short term and that's all that's important. Yep. <clears throat> not and saying it's a bad thing the empire fell apart. I'm just <laughs> saying it's ironic yeah, yeah, that yeah. this kind of what what is presents itself as hard nosed pragmatism is actually amazing just naivety and lack of imagination. Yeah. Yeah, but we've always had that in fucking spades. Australian anti-intellectualism almost puts American anti-intellectualism to shame because theirs is a kind of like vigorous uh quite aesthetically interesting anti-intellectualism uh Whereas ours is just like, we didn't get modernism until the fucking 50s. Like We that's- are so lacking in cultural um, enterprise and and uh, inquiry that it was literally like nobody even had pickles here until, McDon- <laughs> until McDonald's turned up. Yeah. <laughs> Garlic was a fucking scandal. Yeah, Anything yep. that wasn't boiled lamb and peas yeah, Mads' mum tells story about when <laughs> spaghetti hit the shores of it and they had it with fucking Heinz tomato sauce. <laughs> or White Crow, I guess, because you couldn't trust- White Crow! Jesus fucking- yeah, yeah, so nothing new. Uh, Simon Birmingham is a piece of shit. Simon He is the real waste of taxpayer funding, I was about to. I was about to do a bit on how much he costs, but yeah. Yeah. It's um, your prerogative because it was your headline. Y- yes, uh, I will take that. Take that opening. Uh, over to you. What's your next headline? We've been waiting for Matthew Guy's uh, vision in Victoria. We've yeah. been trembling 
with bated breath, what will this man do? Yeah. To wrest the premiership away from the shellless turtle. Yeah. Did he use full sentences? He used a very sophisticated sentence ah. that had an internal mirrored structure. Oh. Let's My vision for Victoria is to be a state of cities and not a city state. <laughs> Making. Uh, Holy shit. Guy Matthews. Sorry, Matthew Guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so shit, I can't even... Yeah, you, That's what having your two first guy. names, by the way. Matthew is worse at zingers than Bill Shorten. I know, that is it's astounding. Like, Sick burn, Matthew. I can't imagine how yeah. Daniel Andrews will ever recover mm. from such a crippling gut punch. What we need <laughs> is a pithy statement that draws most of its power from a... Uh, uh, sort of geological power structure which was mostly prominent in medieval Europe and then we need to pair it to a nonsensical statement about cities and the state and the relationship between them while carefully not saying anything about politics or policy. What do we got? He is a fucking a idiot. state of cities and not a city state. I'll so he's, he's his- banking on everybody outside of Melbourne voting for him yeah because this is how he's going to do it already so we mm. know he's got he's got his high-speed rail proposal mm. he's going to fund his high-speed rail proposal by reducing regional business payroll taxes to one percent down from two and a half percent yeah that should bring in a lot of money yeah mm-hmm. because the problem with rural victoria mm. this is how the genius of neoliberal thinking is individual purchasing power of rural Victorians, not chronic lack of investment in yeah. facilities, infrastructure, and um, employment opportunities we're in the holding, first place. We're holding them back with all of that taxes. They would have built that railway themselves. If His plan is to save 4,000 regional businesses an average of $11,500 a year. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll fucking do it. <laughs> How many businesses? That wouldn't help most regional fucking households, let alone businesses. No, it definitely won't help the households. The fucking <laughs> regional Victoria is just going to be more starved of resources. Yeah, it's, he's a fuckwit. He's a complete and total fuckwit. Mm. But this is what happens when you four hundred. Did you say 400 businesses? 4,000 businesses. 4,000 businesses. Yeah. So it, it looks like a large chunk of money, but in government spending terms, it's pretty well, much- Well, I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of like how many votes is that going to get him? Oh, it's not going to get any votes. It's going to help <laughs> it. He's an idiot. This is He's had f- fucking three years mm. to think of anything at all. And he's come up with a city, state of states- not a steak potato bait. Yep, that's it. <laughs> oh, man. That's good that he's an idiot, though. It is good that he's an idiot. He probably won't win. Um, he he, he looks, shouldn't. Actually, looks kind of like a melted young Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. He's still being followed around by protesters dressed as lobsters. Yeah, I saw that. Which is uh, good. Who don't want him to pinch workers' rights? Yeah. He so the left a bit aren't fishy, kicking goals with no. sassiness either at the moment. It's 
an incredibly dorky protest. Like, I'm for it, but it is embarrassing at the same time. My favourite thing is we're watching somebody who... See, all the things that are shit about Daniel Andrews' Labour government mm. are the same things that would be... Well, not the same things, but would also be shit in a guy... Matthew, Matthew Guy. <laughs> Matthew Guy believes in the same horrible stuff as Daniel Andrews, yeah. just doesn't believe in any of the good things that Daniel Andrews yeah, believes yeah, yeah. in. So he can't really criticise any of the things that Daniel Andrews is doing wrong, because yeah. those are also projects very close to his heart. So he's left with saying things like, it's time for Victorians to get back in control and ensure we don't give a rotten, lying, rotting government a second chance. Mm. I will be Premier of Victoria for every Victorians. Something needs to change in Victoria. Let's start with changing the government. <laughs> <laughs> he has literally nothing to say yeah. because they have the same evil agenda. But Daniel Andrews has got also a couple of like visions to make the place better, like addressing domestic violence, like addressing the infrastructure deficit. Yeah. Right. Like thinking about um, decriminalization of drugs. Well, the last time that Matthew Guy tried to uh, critique the Andrews government on something specific, it was by blowing up some minor indiscretion. And in retaliation, the CFMEU produced an ad that just went through in <laughs> very efficiently the, like, uh, criminal scandals and <laughs> tires of the Matthew Guy Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Association. I forgot. And He's... <laughs> Mr. Guy is also going to have an independent judicial inquiry into Labor's rorts for vote scheme. Right. Which will win him lots of love and, and affection from the judicial benches of Victoria because yeah. they can't wait to have to explore that <laughs> exciting case. Yeah. And again, like, the, the right wing are so fucking lost in this country. I don't know anybody who gives a shit about the rorts for vote scheme. No. Like, ev ev most of the liberal voters I know are like, eh, I'm not thrilled that that happened yeah. or allegedly happened, but I'm also not a child. I understand how politics works. Yeah. That's really low-level, tedious, day-to-day -day corruption. When you go into it, it is extremely... It's difficult to give a shit about when... On the federal level, you have ministers abusing their power daily to, insane like... insane thing to care about. Yeah. Because it's just a case of, like, yeah, it's corruption, but when all parties do it... Mm. It's it's essentially just the administration of an election. It's not like Labor did anything new or interesting or imaginative because that's mm. not what they do anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, the closest thing we have to a visionary leader in the Labor Party at the moment is Daniel Andrews, and he is still thinking in terms of 19th century grand visions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Picture this, if you will. A gigantic steel horse which rides upon a majestic track through the countryside. It'll get you from your farmstead to the apothecary in 14 hours. No more sending your only daughter into the bandit-ridden, riddled woods. Now... You can eat your petty four aboard the Great Railway. And watch as, by the tracks, the legions of juvenile offenders <laughs> conduct their mandatory minimum sentence of back-breaking labour. Yeah. Man. The past is so cool, man. I'm the glad I replaced those jumpsuits with catsuits. <laughs> Ooh, those lissom bodies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's just a suspicion that I have. Ah, uh, yeah. A, which we have no proof for. We're just that Mrs. Andrews has to dress as a juvenile offender on community service. It's possible in order to prepare her mm. feeble jellyfish of a husband for the upcoming nuptials. Mm. Yeah, 
I think we all have our opinions about the sexual degeneracy of the Andrews. The Andrews. Yeah, that's how you say it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> just a, a new disappointment around every corner. All right, shall we do topics? Yeah, yeah, that's that's my bit done. One Matthew Guy's campaign launch sucked. Yeah, to surprising nobody. All right, uh, we've got a big main topic this week, a nice big bleak uh, meal of the, mm, the week. It's juicy. The insane week of domestic terrorism in the US by <sighs> fucking fascists. Hasn't it been glorious? It's great. I'm going to move through them one at a time because there's something about the Kroger shooting, which is the first one that I that is going to come across as very uh, impetuous, probably, but I want to talk about. So the first one was uh, a, maybe it wasn't the first one, but we'll, it's it's the l- it's our first one. It's our first one. It's our lead in. Uh, it's good old fashioned terrorism. Yep. So a middle aged white man. Uh, he who- looks like the default build yeah yeah there's a there's a commonality between the perpetrators of all of these crimes and (laughs) you can just copy paste that thing of darcy saying that because it's 100 percent true of all of them anyway this guy tried to go to a black church but he couldn't get in so he went to a kroger and he shot two black people uh and uh horrible obviously nothing fucking unusual for the u.s but it is of a theme so it, it makes the cut for the week but there was this thing where a dude who was in the kroger who had a gun confronted the guy and was like uh i don't know was just trying to get him to stop or whatever and the the shooter said whites don't kill whites and left and a lot of people online have firstly been misinterpreting it as the uh the the guy with the the good guy with the gun the the dad so ah fuck let me start again this guy's <laughs> son spoke to the media his this guy who spoke to the media his dad confronted the the killer his and the killer was said the good guy with the gun yes and the killer said uh whites don't shoot whites and left and a bunch of people have been like a misinterpreting it as the guy's dad who said that and stuff and then b probably most infuriatingly was like oh but he was complicit because he let the guy go and like I know that it, there's an irony here in that the good guy with the gun didn't actually shoot the bad guy with the gun, but I don't think that somebody should be vilified for, for not, not having the somebody. stones to kill another human being. Yeah. Even I mean, if that person has just killed two other there's people. There's also, there's going to be like a thing with the modern legal systems in mm. America, just as convoluted as they are in Australia, Yeah, where it's going to turn out that if someone's clearly finished their shooting spree and you shoot them, then you get the death penalty as well. Yeah. Or some fucking thing. You definitely don't want to fucking shoot a, a Trump shooter at the moment, because, yeah, who knows what you'll fucking... But yeah, no, that's a difficult situation. It's a difficult situation. I've and- bottled less stressful interactions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what... And, yes, I old white men are behaving really badly at the moment, but just because this other dude was an old white dude doesn't mean you have to fucking interpret... All of that. And his son seemed fucking rattled as fuck to me when he was speaking to the uh, media and repeating what this dude said to his dad. And people were, like, reading into it in a bad way. So give the guy a break for not murdering, even if that's what you like to think you would have done in the uh, in the circumstance. That's- oh, he was lucky. I wasn't there, Kieran. Yeah. He was lucky that yeah. I live in Melbourne. <laughs> 
and yeah. don't have a gun. Yeah, not yet. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was the first thing. This dude killed uh, a couple of people and it was bad. And then, uh, possibly before, possibly after, I don't recall, uh, a bunch of bombs got sent to people, including uh, former presidents Clinton and Obama and CNN uh, people and a bunch of others and stuff. Pipe bombs sent in the mail. 11 pipe bombs? Or 14 pipe bombs? It was quite a lot of pipe quite bombs. Quite a lot of pipe bombs uh, by a dude who looks like... Looks like fucking, the default build. <laughs> yep, yep, 100% in a fucking mental van with Trump <laughs> stickers all over it. Like, never would have picked it. And, uh, it was a white van as well, wasn't yep, it? Yeah, a white van. Never fucking, trust the white van. <laughs> yeah, which he used to use to deliver pizza. And they oh, used that's to right. make him park around the back so that he didn't freak out the customers. <laughs> Uh, and again, people were getting shitty with the pizza woman for not firing him. And it's like, well, maybe she was just fucking, I don't know. Maybe she was of the opinion that as long as he kept his stickers away from people, yeah. he was basically just a pizza delivery man. Yeah. I mean, that one's- Wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. That one's a little more ambiguous because maybe I, I probably wouldn't keep hiring somebody who was being super racist in the open and talking about- the superiority of the white race. I probably wouldn't either, but, but we don't know that she was even aware of that. If he was just a pizza delivery man, yeah, they probably yeah. didn't spend huge amounts of time discussing political philosophy together. Yeah, I think she said that he was pretty weird and uh, like that. But anyway, that's that's beside I, the I, point. I don't think we should slam somebody because they gave a weird, an otherwise unemployable freak a job is not a yeah. crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially when the other person that we're talking about is the guy that sent a fuckload of bombs to people in the mail. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he was, again, a fucking hardcore right fascist dickhead uh, whose home had been foreclosed on by the bank that Steve Nochin uh, ran. Ah. So he was a victim of the terrible American economic system and the subprime mortgage crisis, which people are... Commentators are very... Steve Mnuchin, of course, being a member of the Trump cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- not like, I'm sure that's not lost on any of our listeners, but it is very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he bombed the wrong people. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but like uh, a bunch of people are jumping on the opportunity to be like, well, let's not talk about the economic conditions and act like that could have any bearing on the insanity of these people. Oh, people are never motivated <laughs> to terrorism by economic circumstances historically yeah. that's it's just never, never the case it's always every fucking generation yeah it's always the paradox of indelible racism which must be rooted out really the irish were mostly responding to cricket that was pretty much what that 700 year period was yeah about. yeah and uh, whenever you read it's just, some it's too slow paced a game for the irish they play hurley for god's sake <laughs> can't make them sit through a test series if ever you read some tract or treatise from some motivated Bernie bro saying that the potato famine had anything to do with it, that was a pure coincidence. Let's not connect the two. Uh, if anything, it would have made them less likely to be terrorists because they were too hungry and tired. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Uh, and then the third thing was a man who looked like the default build. <laughs> Uh, went into the Tree of Life synagogue and massacred 11 people. Which is bad. It is extremely bad. Yeah, in an explicitly anti-Semitic... You are only uh, supposed to sprinkle the blood of oxen or goats on the tabernacle. Interesting. Not uh, worshippers. Yeah, 
Yeah, so he's committed two sins there. Uh, not kosher. Yeah. Uh, terrible thing to not be kosher in your massacre. Uh, yeah, and that dude was... Uh, fucking Don't let him off the hook, Kieran. An anti-Semite, uh, explicitly, and is quoted as saying, I just want to kill Jews. Well, yeah. he got his wish. This is a, another case of somebody mistaking a charity that aims to um, assist asylum seekers with being an active genocide group. Mm. He believed that this uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. asylum seeker assistance program was part of the white genocide conspiracy that the Jews have been failing to achieve for all of history. Yeah. Because if, they, if, it, if it is a thing that they're trying to do, I think white supremacists can still safely ignore it because there seems they're to be clearly not good no sign of any fruit being born at any time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because there's that big fucking caravan coming up from uh, Latin America towards the US border and a bunch of uh, psychos who have been whipped into a froth by the Trump administration think that it's part of some great replacement scheme. Yeah. I mean, caravan implies a level of organization <coughs> that doesn't exist. It's, 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 yeah, it's a yeah, that's just the word people are using, but it's, it's obviously just a bunch of desperate humans yeah. trying to escape their dire circumstances. And probably they won't make it to America, most of them, because they'll get... Th Mexico's a long walk from north to south. Yeah. Once they... Most of them will get the gist that they're basically safe wherever they are in Mexico, they're not going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what fucking insanity transpires. Well, when they get to the, the border, who do. they will claim asylum and be reviewed by the authorities there, and mm. the ones who are deemed to be asylum seekers will be let through, and the ones that aren't will have to just stay in Mexico or burrow through a tunnel or whatever mm. it is that, uh, that one does when one's trying to destroy America. Yeah. by being a refugee. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's not going to be it's not it's not going to be a scary thing for anyone other than the asylum seekers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 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 waiting to see what fucking response uh, because ICE is a absolute fucking uh, cabal of demons of real policemen because, doing a real policing oh, job. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and Trump is like really trying to make it into a thing and talk like trying to. He's doing his best to see if he can get, like, the National Guard down there. So, we might have a, a cool sort of fucking incident on our hands, completely uh, the fault of the Americans, obviously, uh, and drastic over-response. But hopefully it just goes normally and people can retain some sanity. We'll see. But anyway, the, the synagogue shooter thought that uh, that was engineered by the Jews and that there were Middle Easterners with... Well, in fairness, the idea that there are Middle Easterners, the president of the United States of America, did make a point of saying that there were some Middle Easterners in the yeah. in the caravan. Yeah, this guy didn't come up with these conspiracy theories. He got them from Fox News and from from Donald Trump. Yeah, so. Fox News having become one hundred percent just propaganda arm for Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's almost like Donald Trump is a propaganda arm for Fox News because he just gets his, like, Fox News will say something and he will have that opinion the next day. They do cycle around each other like that, don't they? Yeah. Hopefully it means Fox News will burn out when Trump loses power. I mean, hopefully. Who knows? They're like, they've tethered themselves so close, which is something Roger Ailes mm. actually was at pains to make sure didn't happen under the Bush administration. Mm. He was at... One of the things where he was very astute was like, we, we, we cannot become charismatically representative of a single president. 
Yeah. Because we want to be a wealthy corporation forever, not for four years. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, you shouldn't have fired your sex monster, Fox News. He might have been able to protect you from whatever's happening with you. But then again, who the fuck knows? Who knows if uh, what's going to happen? Because the world is... It's extremely crazy at the moment. It's marvellous. A lot will become more clear after the midterms in a few weeks. Uh, I guess, maybe. Whether there's a blue wave or not, how much of the not is a result of I'd be very disappointed in the Americans if there's not a blue wave. Well, I mean, there's the possibility that the fucking stupid fucking machines that they use could be uh, uh, lodging... Because in in Texas, a bunch of machines have been, uh, if you vote straight ticket Democrat in the Senate race, you get to the end and it's like, oh, you're voting straight ticket Democrat and for Ted Cruz instead of Beto O'Rourke. So like- Really? That's yeah, clever. There's some, there's some That's fucking- That's like what they used to do in the 40s in Chicago, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's full fucking wackadoo stuff. And the people who run the machines, I guess, which are ancient, by the way, they're like fucking crazy old machines- uh, they're saying that it's like user error, and Man, they you just have use to... pen and paper like we do. I know there's a lot it's of people... such an amazing system, pen and paper. You yeah. just have the options in front of you, and you pick the ones you want, and there's yep. no room for error unless it's your error. It's fantastic. Yeah, and then you have the ballots yeah. sealed away in little boxes, and it's one of the few have... things that we've inherited from the. Mm. Federation days that has never needed to be improved upon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's the best system. It truly is. Whereas the American electro electric voting machines are like turn of the century shit. Like they're old. They're pre computer fucking pieces <laughs> of sh- garbage. And uh, yeah. Anyway, that uh, might happen. But basically, Such the effect has been dinguses. this. This week has been a week of. Checking the news, massive right wing feeling, terror, feeling bad, but uh, and I think no real uh, discussions about uh, the law and order implications of a right wing terrorist infestation of the United States of America. Mm. Mm. Male baby boomers are not being treated with the suspicion visited upon no, Arabs and no, Sikhs. Of course not. Of course not. And uh, I mean, it means that. All of the there are still people trying to be like, well, you know, you've still got Antifa. They're a problem, but of course they're fucking not. They're easy to when get rid of. When have they ever just, been a problem? Well, they've never killed anybody. Uh, if you want to get rid of them, the quickest way is to get rid of the fascists. Yeah, because- stop being a Nazi, and you won't be bothered by Antifa. Yeah. They're busy people. They're not going out of their way to harass anyone they don't need to. Just stop yeah. being a fucking fascist, and they will leave you alone. They will go, yeah. Uh, it's in the name, then- <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my fucking God. And uh, I guess, like, my main take from this is, like, one that w- I don't know how it plays in Australia, but would be very unsympathetic in America at the moment because lots of people are just getting high on the Democrat uh, train and being like, don't hit me with that both sides uh, as bad as each other bullshit. Of course, they're not as bad as each other, but 
Like, the no, situation you- that America is in at the moment is not exclusively the creation of Donald Trump. It is not. You you cannot ignore the fact that the Democrats have uh, created this, helped create this environment that's mm. been a breeding ground for extremism and madness. Yeah. Drastic mismanagement of the national economy and, like, social systems over the last few decades have directly created the breeding ground for this shit to, well, been to doing spring up and flourish. Anti-management, really, haven't they? Mm, yeah. This, this shit has always been a part of American society because it's a fucking crazy country of vile uh, former slave owners and shit. Like, this, <laughs> this stuff isn't new, but where it flourishes and adversely affects people so that they're not just like the Nazis you were talking about last uh, week sequestered mm. in their little cloister in Heidelberg doing their shitty barbecues or whatever. The reason that probably quite a nice barbecue. <laughs> yeah. The reason that they're flourishing is lots of brats. Um, mm. The reason that they're flourishing is because these people weren't fucking looked after. And it's hard to say that, like, look after the monsters. But, like, had you looked after them long enough ago and not sold them this lie about it being the fault of fucking immigrants. Yeah, had, and had you not Middle degraded and destroyed the mm. communities that people live in, then yeah. people would not be lashing out the way they're lashing out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a completely fair point. One of the reasons why people are concerned about migration at its most primal level mm. is not like scientific racism or pseudo scientific racist theories. Mm. It's the fact that most people are aware that, that there's currently a lack of investment yeah. in their societies as it stands, and they're yeah. fucking worried about how much worse it's going to get when there are more people to be cared for. Yeah. That's not a racist or actually xenophobic response, prima facie. Yeah. That is a investment in services anxiety. Yeah. One half of the, well, at least one half of the political spectrum does love to push that anxiety through a racial lens. Uh, through Absolutely. A, through a racial lens. But yeah, yeah, there's there's real material reasons for people's fucking fear and shit. And also, this is not a fucking charismatic thing to say, but stop fucking bombing other countries. Like, there's a little part of me when an American gets stressed out because there's violence in their streets uh, that wants to yell at them if they haven't been anti-imperialist this whole time. Yeah. Like, the fucking... Absolute decimation of the lack of interest fucking countries overseas by American foreign policy. You're just seeing that on your own soil. And the refusal to be interested in foreign policy that Mm. Americans have. It's not people say, oh, Americans aren't very interested in foreign policy. They literally Mm. refuse to be interested in foreign policy. Yeah. And one of the reasons that they refuse to be interested in foreign policy is because if they were, if they did take an interest in foreign policy, they would no longer be able to believe the ridiculous lies that they've told themselves about their exceptional, unique, special country. Yeah. They'd no longer be able to nostalgically look back on Obama's premiership as that of a benign but frustrated um, leader doing yeah. his best to reform a broken system. They'd have to accept that he was a monster as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's obviously, like, the worst in the sort of least educated, most right-wing communities in in America, but it it honestly goes all the way up to the fucking very nice liberal elites of the, like, yeah, 
all of you are solipsistic dickheads. Oh, I can terrible. say that with certainty because none of you would ever dream of listening to an Australian well, podcast. Mate, they never review but- anything. Right? Things that happened decades ago. The mm. Cuban Missile Crisis is perceived 100% as just an act of irrational Russian aggression. Yeah. And even when you say, oh, no, it was because you had nuclear weapons in Turkey, which is closer to Russia than Cuba is to you, they share a border, don't you Mm. know? Like, oh, yeah, but that was to defend our ally, Turkey. Like, yeah, well, the Russians were defending their ally, Cuba. Like, no, it was an act of aggression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what... ah! (laughs) Yeah, there's a phenomenal lack of self-awareness. And a a genuine belief that different rules apply to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% protagonist syndrome from fucking the US. It's unreal. And it's uh, like that is the most entrenched ideology. Even people that I like a lot in the US have that, and you can't. I can't think of how you could possibly begin to break that down. It's difficult, man, because they, are, they have been raised from birth mm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very, very sick and uh, isolated environment. Yeah. You yeah. know? Like yeah. the Brexiters with their yeah. refusal to accept that the UK is just another country in Europe now. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. That that one's more baffling because it's just later down the line of having to pull back or whatever. But yeah, Britain as the fucking jewel of the earth is the most <laughs> preposterous, like wildly crazy claim. I mean, look, London's a fun city and Northern England and hey, Scotland yeah. both have beautiful countrysides. Yeah. There's, I'm not saying that England is a particularly shit country. But no, I'm just saying that that's pretty yeah. much it. That's what I just said yeah. was what they were going <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, that's it. That's the <laughs> Other whole. than that, it's the BBC, which the Conservatives also want to destroy. Yeah. And um, their cultural exports, which were 100% reliant on the protections afforded to them and the markets made available to them by the European Union. Yeah. Which is not going to exist under a free trade agreement with America. Man, are we going to lose the Americans don't let you have stuff when you make a free trade agreement with America. They don't give you shit. Yeah. It's just a vacuum. Yep. And they they send you bits of paper in exchange. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All of that is a little bit of a, a tangent and a yeah. little bit unfair. But it is. Um, like, yeah, I'm yeah, worried it's about a, it's a what, shitty week. What's the response is going to be from the liberals with these mm. white supremacist fuckwits, though? Because yeah. you know that they're going to want to reach out across the across the aisle, the burning aisle, yeah. despite the fact that, like, increasingly. Republicans in Congress have been endorsing these views, if yeah. not outright saying them. They have monsters like Steve King that are and- outright fucking fascists. And by the by, it would take somebody pointed this out recently. It would take one Republican fucking congressman to just switch parties, which yeah. they're allowed to do, to say like, this has gotten look, the water's a little fucking too hot for me. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot believe that the colleagues I trusted five years ago yeah. have turned into these incredible yeah. caricatures of evil people. Yeah. All of my grim, laissez-faire economic shit is still represented by the party on the other side yeah. of the aisle, so I might as well just flip blue. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like, the, the, the horrible forces of Bush's neocons mm. pale... Yeah. Compared to this bloodthirsty crew, don't yeah. they? Yeah. 
And it is like because le- the neocons had an agenda you could understand, which yeah. was we want American power and lots of money. Yeah, a very turn of the fucking millennium. Yeah, uh, ideology that was monstrous I don't even but completely know what, understandable. This what is this like Trumpian psycho. I don't know what they want. Yeah, I don't know what they. Th- I understand what his working class base think he's going to give them. Yeah. I understand what his wealthy backers are getting out of it. Mm. But the guys in the Senate and Congress, I do not get what they want from this. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's fucking bizarre. It's, uh, it's th- that Gramsci quote about the old is dying and the new is struggling to be born. Yeah. And a bunch of morbid symptoms, uh, which I can't understand why it's not translated as phenomena, but morbid phenomena uh, showing up because we live in the age of fucking madness, my friend. <laughs> Um, well, there's only one way to fight fascists, though, and that's not reaching out to them. It's by no, fighting them. Fascists are one of the few them. groups in politics where you can't reach a rapport or a yeah, or yeah, a, yeah, yeah. They have to entente. be. They have to be shown that they're a minority and that no one likes them and that they're crushed. Yeah. They should be isolated and alone. Yeah, and defeated at every turn. And like some fascists will see the error of their ways. I know there are some high-profile former white supremacists in America who are trying mm. to detoxify those their, their former brethren. And, like, that's good. They should be welcomed when they turn up. Yeah. But you should not hang your hat on a policy of, like, winning fascists over. When it happens, yeah. it's accidental. A hundred percent. And I think that's what my scaldy uh, sideline into... <laughs> attacking both sides uh, was about is saying that like this is the time that Americans need to really fucking pull out the stops and do some aggressive anti-fascist shit and for pundits in the media to stop uh, doing both sides shit I think it was Time magazine that published a headline that was like this gunman exploited un- doors which were unlocked for worship to do the synagogue massacre yeah because a lock like- would have stopped a man with a military weapon yeah. yeah, and and just like the they idea, just bullets that, just bounce off those wooden doors. <laughs> yeah, the idea that it's the synagogue's responsibility to keep its door locked in the first place it's is always outrageous. the fault of the person who wasn't the criminal. Yeah, and always. of course Trump said that if they'd had guns, this wouldn't have happened, which yeah. is just the most fucking ridiculous. Those security guards don't help. No, of course they don't. The best that he could have done if there was a security guard at the gate was soak up one of the bullets, basically. Yeah. Because you're not going to see this maniac coming. No. He's got you clocked from the maximum range of his weapon. Yeah. You don't have enough reaction, unless he's really shit and misses, which these guys don't tend to because they're psychos and they spend hours practicing. Well, there was a time when mass shooters would miss and you'd have, like, three dead or something, but in the last five years, they've been fucking... That's why that Las Vegas one was, like... Fucking eighty people killed. Oh, just or something. camping on top of his hotel. Yeah, you just that now they're yeah they know what they're doing and they fucking kill at massive rates. And you're right, they go into that as a combat engagement from the offset. So yeah, yeah. if you're a security guard that's been standing there for eight hours Half a day yeah. for the last five years, just zoning out and being like thinking about dinner. <laughs> oh, what a sweet job I have. And then oh fuck. Yeah, you get shot. You get shot if you're in America. That's what happens at the moment. It's bad. It's bad. Fight it's the bad. fascists, you I don't know fucking cowards. The whole world needs America to fight the fascists. Yeah, but That's not- the thing. This fucking balsamic 
Ario, whatever his name is, the fascist cunt that's just won the elections in Brazil. Oh, Bolson, Bolsonaro. Yeah, Bolsonaro. I was trying to come up with a joke halfway through saying the actual name. It's never going to work. Uh, has been endorsed by the fucking Washington Post and the New York Times. Yeah, of course. Of course, because they want to fucking... The New York Times is it's like... hurrah for the black shirts all over again. Yeah. It's... <laughs> That's so crazy at the moment. What's going to happen? A war? Another world war? That would be dope. Who do we fucking fight with? Um, well, we're pretty much locked into fighting with America. I don't, think I we don't have- want to be one of the minor fascist allies. Fuck that. Well, we're, well, it's what we did in the last two world wars. The British Empire was a kind of less yeah. fascist... Yeah, but against Hitler. Man. Actually, I, I don't know. This is the thing. I think in the First World War... Against, I think the German Empire was actually mm. the most progressive and liberal state <laughs> in Europe. Um, Maybe I don't know. If you, well, about they had a welfare period. state. They had universal education. They had mm. like, minimum living standards. Yeah, which Australia was kind of going with as well. Yeah, but they were compared to like France and fucking Russia and Britain. Yeah, Germany was actually if you if you were like going to pick the liberal champion country mm. you would go for the germans well i think there's the, there's a reason that there's not that narrative over who the hero and who the villain was with the first world War. Yeah. like people don't think of it that way but oh, i think a lot of british people do oh i'm sure the british do but... there's that joke in blackadder about the villainous hun and his evil empire building <laughs> like i was like we occupy a quarter of the planet <laughs> at the moment george they've got a sausage factory in tanzania <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally like a fucking refueling station for their ships <laughs> yeah yeah definitely but with the second man with the second world war you've got that poisonous narrative which may be hitler's biggest crime which is saying a lot because he killed a lot of people he did but his biggest crime may have been fucking perpetuating this idea of the just war just as like it mechanization and military technology i, al- I also so think one of, one, one of the horrible legacies it's not thought about often enough is the way that the first world the second world war is taught mm. to us through the media and through school is this idea that there were no nazis and then there were nazis yeah. and everything just happened and the fact is that throughout the 1920s and most of the 1930s it took it took about 20 years for the nazis to prepare the german people yeah. for what was about to happen, and they only got away with most of what they did because most of the German people didn't actually know that it was going on. Yeah. Um, to the extent that it was happening. Yeah. And, of course... That's, and that's what's happening now in America. Yeah. America is... It's it's, it's political yeah. warfare. America's culture is being eroded mm. in the sense of liberalism and, and uh, a fearless multiculturalism mm. is being eroded and the ground is being prepared... Yeah. As it was in Germany. If it could have happened in to the Weimar Republic, if you want to talk about countries where people there's a high average level of education. Yeah. Um, there's a genuine sense in a country that is, you know, cultured and above primitive impulses and mm. all these sorts of stuff. The Germans had it even more than the Americans yeah. do. That was fucking Borges's main takeaway from the war because he was politically fucking cowardly. He was just like the worst part of the Second World War is that I admired the Germans. And yeah. then they a lot of people did. Yeah. You know, that was, that was the country of the great composers, the great yeah. philosophers. They were the centre of culture yeah. in Europe at the time. Uh, 
it was the first European gay rights movement was in Berlin in the 20s and it was very successful. Yeah, there you go. And it happened. And yeah, yeah, there have been white supremacist elements in the US for literally its entire existence. It's, it was founded by... I mean, it was founded pre-white supremacy, but mm. that's only because white supremacy was so written into yeah. English culture at the time. It wasn't something you needed to articulate. Yeah, yeah. It's it's built upon what we would now call white supremacist principles, and Manifest Destiny is maybe the most nakedly white supremacist fucking doctrine. Yeah, uh, thanks, written, Napoleon I. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that should be... only he could have seen how profitable the swamps of Louisiana would be <laughs> if he just hung on to it. <laughs> yeah. Then we could have had fucking French America and imagine how god-awful that would be. Uh, I don't know. Racist. It would be more Cajuns. It would be amazing. Yeah, that's true. The Cajuns are interesting Cajuns people. all the way up to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, great. They could, like, extend the swamps. <coughs> yeah. Terraform north. So much gumbo. Well, you'd have woolly gators. Mm. <laughs> woolly gators is a, actually a terrifying thought. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That's what's going on in America. It's a fucking dumpster fire, and it's scary, but fight the fascists. We've got to go on to the next topic. The next topic is uh, <laughs> even more upbeat. Yeah, sweet. What are you, Did what Donald are Trump do the right thing when he withdrew from the Human Rights Council? Yeah, so you told me about this uh, being your topic. Yeah. It's a thorny proposition. It's a very but... thorny proposition. But wow. this is the thing about the United Nations. It is, it, it, it's a darling of the middle class, centre-left, yeah. and centre-right in Australia. A lot of centre-right people still love the UN. Yeah. But it's... A, a, a shithouse shambles of hypocrisy and failure from beginning to end. Yeah. And the notion of human rights are actually kind of problematic. Not in that I don't think there are human rights. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's problematic. There absolutely are human rights. Yeah. But the human rights that we have in the human rights, the Dec UN Declaration of Human Rights, mm. were composed by a committee of the victorious powers of the Second World War which yep. were colonial powers. Mm -hmm. um, even America at the time had formal colonies yeah. in the Philippines and Cuba and so forth, and still has poor little Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, Guam? Guam, yeah. Yeah, fairly extensive. Mm. Um, American Samoa? Oh, yeah, of course. They inherited all the Polynesian territories from the Japaneses uh, and some from the Germanses. Mm. Um so the Hu Universal Declaration of Human Rights was essentially a liberal declaration of human rights, and mm. it was a early tw or mid twentieth century liberal declaration of human rights that was designed for a world that was going to be overseen by, you know, the USSR, China, mm. America, France, and Britain, because they owned between them pretty much all of the world. Yeah. And the UN would probably have been a fairly effective mechanism if the French and British empires hadn't fallen <laughs> apart and mm. America and Russia hadn't become irreconcilable ideological opponents. Yeah. Um, but all of those things did happen. So the UN became unfit for purpose within, like, I guess, 20 years yeah. of its inception. And the declarations of human rights were of really... They, they, they immediately became sidelined because 
they were a luxury that couldn't be afforded by the British and the French while they were fighting off anti-colonial forces in their empires. Yeah. You cannot be a champion of human rights while you use military force to stop colonies from leaving your empire. Yeah. Literally impossible. Mm. Um, and they were tr- they were ignored by America because as they still are. Yeah. Because they get in the way of making money. Yeah. I mean, I- they're ignored by the Russians because the Russians um under <clears throat> Stalin and mm. Really, all the way up until Gorbachev, actually. The Russian premiers, at best, were so obsessed with the idea of the greater good that they couldn't afford yep. to actually fulfill the purpose of their country's existence. Mm. And at worst, were just bloodthirsty fascist beasts yeah. uh, in red clothing. Yeah. So, yeah, they've never been enforced or referred to unless it's as a political weapon. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take a particularly, like incisive or subtle mind to see that uh, human rights have not been fucking particularly well protected uh, in the modern age. Like, No, they haven't been protected. Who's anybody kidding? Worse than not being protected is that they've been weaponized. Yeah. yeah. Um, And the new left under Clinton and Blair Mm. were extremely adroit at weaponizing them in the 90s and the early noughties. Yeah. The neocons were less so, but they still managed to do it. Well, they, yeah. The, to the, the point the where Obama never even brought it up as a concept. Yeah, yeah. The idea of humanitarian intervention has enabled some of the most egregious yeah, fucking it, crimes of it, the US. It replaced the uh, need to combat communism, essentially, mm, as, yeah. as the pretext for keeping developing countries in a state of developmental subservience, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Being able to intervene willy-nilly. Yeah. And of course, all of this at the same time as the US is perpetuating an endless series of coups and puppet regimes, often with brutal dictators who abuse hum- uh, human rights on yeah. a daily. So, yeah. And America itself abuses human rights. Yes. They have special yeah. installations for it. Yeah. They have slavery, still one of the few countries uh, in the quote unquote developed world that still has slavery via its prison system and yeah. it's a nice little uh, footnote on the 13th amendment must emphasize that I'm not aligning myself with Kanye West when <laughs> I say ye. that yeah uh, I think it's yay Darcy uh, but- I believe <clears throat> that it is pronounced ye alright fucking who knows you could Although, be right I'm not claiming to depends be depends which version of the bible he's looking at as well because it could be a <laughs> alright if it, 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 All it, right. it could be a thorn that's been mistransposed as a Y, in which case it would be pronounced the. The, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, which, I'm not aligning myself with the. I hope it's uh, the, because that'd be the best. Yeah. Can the West. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the 13th Amendment is uh, obviously fucked up in its current iteration. And uh, you may remember this from when the news broke that the the Clintons had slaves in their gubernatorial mansion in Arkansas. That's right. So, yeah, the, the idea of uh, America being a bastion of human rights is obviously fucking preposterous. And I think, is, is, it, is it better to accept that mm. human rights, in their current as, as they're currently expressed, mm. are basically just a less of a rallying point for humans to come together and work mm. for our common betterment and more just a political tool of the devil that's used to excuse yeah. brutalities. 
and, yeah. and with with the uh, sensational, uh, almost magical capacity for irony that history has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're right there. It's a salve, man. It's you know anything which is designed to mobilize public support. Uh, basically ever feels like it's been a salve uh, or a falsehood or a, a trick of some sort. Yeah, it's another opiate, basically. Yeah. You've got China currently mm. forcibly re-educating the Uyghur population. Yeah. Yep. And instituting a fucking social oh, credit system. The, the most insane sci-fi For authority which Charlie Brooker thing. will be forever responsible. Yeah. Hang your head yeah. in shame, Brooker. Yeah. First it <laughs> was Cameron and the pig, and now this. Giving these fuckers ideas. Mm. Um, yeah, they're, they're a senior member of the Human Rights Council. Saudi Arabia still crucifies people. There is yeah. a, we are on the Human Rights Council, and we have a concentration camp, yeah. which Tony Abbott um, insisted only as recently as a couple of days ago, is if nothing wrong with Nauru if you like the tropics. Jesus. That man needs to fucking get sent there. Did you see the footage of him standing silently side on in the middle of the stage when they unveiled that Julia Gillard painting? I did. And there's just like from a, a dozen different camera angles for just a full minute, him yeah. standing there like and a you complete could fucking All of the gulper. cameramen like surreptitiously yeah, yeah, yeah. sliding across towards him as yeah, well. Yeah, 100%. Those, when you get like, a good cameraman, you know, that's your story. He's gone fucking mental again. He's- his brain is, is it is he buffering or is I, he trying to be imposing i think it's, there's there's it's a the, thing when you get the truly like violent psychology of a particular <laughs> type of dude that when it comes up against something like that it just shuts down it's the body language of when a child wakes up in a horror movie and the ghoul of the house is standing over their bed it was that posture yeah yeah it was ghoul of the house posture it was. It was fucking bizarre. It was bizarre. He just needed to be in like a a, a, a shabby nineteenth century dinner frock. Yeah, <laughs> and with cobwebs on him, and it would have been complete. <laughs> yeah, what a fucking absolute psycho. Um, One of the things I do enjoy about about Gillard, though, is how um, since she's stopped being the prime minister, yeah, she's just become so fucking suave dealing with guys <laughs> mm. with with the liberal right. You know, and nobody can ignore like she can. She's just the fucking yeah. master of it now. Yeah, she's a likable person. Uh, if she'd had some, she's got some style. But if she, yeah, if she, if she, if she'd had just like a bit of fucking public speaking training, a bit of public Australian speaking history training could have been very different. A better set and a. Uh, an opportunity just if run, they'd run with her in 07 in the first place if they just never put fucking Rudd up yeah if it had been Gillard from the get go I mean I don't know is there with Elbow much... as 2IC or yeah. even Swan despite yeah. Rudd's insistence that he can't play cricket very well <laughs> Yeah. Wayne Swan was a, 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 was a, a highly decorated treasurer. He yeah. was respected internationally. It was only in Australia that people thought he wasn't doing a good job. Yeah, everyone else was like, "Man, our, our, our economies are <laughs> fucked." This this Swan guy, he knows what's going on. Yeah, here's the thing though: is there much? I don't I don't know that much about Gillard's history as a politician overall, except for some of the shit that she did when she was PM. Would she have come to the table with? 
particularly progressive platform. She would have come to the table with a more progressive platform than she was forced into as Prime Minister Mm. because a a lot of her unpopular decisions as PM were because she had to do so much horse trading with her minority government. Yeah, sure. Um, Like uh, maternity leave, um, Mm. stab in the back that she did was not something she was happy about. Yeah. Um, But it was in, in order to deal with the emissions trading crisis, which she saw global warming as a more important issue. Yeah. Um, I think she would have been more progressive than uh, Kevin was. I mean, she was more progressive than Kevin. Yeah. It's the the industrial relations linchpin that I wonder about, because, like, that was such a pressing thing. I guess she would have run on the same ticket. It was the obvious thing to do. Yeah. I mean, she she was an effective um, union lawyer. Yeah. So it's not like she was a foreigner to the concept. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... I'm just, I'm quite alarmed by all of this trust and optimism about an Australian politician. That's all, that's all. So I'm trying to pick. Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at how well she did under the circumstances that she was probably had outside of like the second world war, maybe the most difficult premiership that a prime minister's had in Australia. And she did better than most prime ministers have done just objectively without even allowing for the handicap. That's true. That's true. She might have been. She might have been the the one. She may have. Who knows? She was good as is. She's admirable outside of the office, which is uh, something. Yeah, yeah. I just um, yeah. There was there, there was there was too much stacked against her at the time. Yeah. You're not asking- have, not having a fucking ready explanation as to why she'd replaced the elected prime minister was a fucking terrible mistake <laughs> yeah yeah well they definitely shouldn't have fucking knifed uh she should have there's a bit in kevin's stupid fucking book where he talks about how he wanted her to succeed him as prime minister and she didn't say anything and got up and walked out because it was when she was being uh uh picked to replace him and probably yeah. he was saying that to save his bacon not out of any genuine uh desire for that but it would have been interesting to see what had happened if he were allowed to serve out his two terms and then uh, everything that is up, magnanimous but... in kevin rudd is a face oh, save 100 100 i don't doubt that i'm just wondering if you if you can go uh, what is the point of <laughs> this speculation i just realized <laughs> i was thrown uh by trying to think well about something after 40 minutes of talking about the insanity of American fascism and the complete uh, uh, house of cards that is the concept of human rights internationally. But, I mean, I don't know what you'd replace human rights with. I've only just, in fairness, I've only just started to think about this. I'm not that good. I can't just overhaul the the, the linchpin of internationalism in 48 hours. But I... (laughs) (laughs) The question might just be, to what extent can an international community be expected to develop and police the concept of human rights? Because the problem is obviously that each country has sovereignty and will do whatever the fuck it wants to do. Are you ready for my politics to come out? It would have to be a workers' international, basically. Oh, okay. Quite a controversial suggestion for this podcast. Yeah. No, but it would. It would would have to be an international workers' union or cooperative movement that's able to say, we are going to reinforce one another's living standards and freedoms. Yeah. 
Good. Because I we, mean, I agree with you 100%. The problem with that is now getting now we're back in the position of waiting for this thing, which seems impossibly distant. The 423rd fucking international. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, though, right, one of the things that previous iterations of the international didn't have was they did not have the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely um, the uh, architecture of information is drastically different now. One of the problems that we have always had as a movement mm. is that there are fewer bosses and they have efficient communications. Yeah. So they can, if you just look at how coalition combat situations work, small groups with efficient communications always defeat large groups with inefficient communications. Yeah. That's always been one of the reasons why capitals had the whip hand and labor has been on the back foot. Yeah. Um, the internet hopefully will change that. Hopefully. And it's definitely serving fascism well, so hopefully we can see it serve right? socialism um, well, it's, well. It's, It is serving fascism very well, except it will also, I think, be the seeds of fascism's undoing. Possibly, as it yeah. has Because, remember, it has also meant that these guys have not had any time to cover up their fuck-ups and scandals and failures. Yeah. So it goes both ways. And fascism is kind of doomed to failure, right? If we go back to Borges for a second, <laughs> who I was reading about recently, listener, he was, uh, I think, quite rightly said that, like, the thing about fascism that ensures its own destruction is it's something that you can fight for, it's something that you can die for and sacrifice yourself for, but, like, it's very difficult to imagine oneself living under it. It's, it relies entirely on romanticism and momentum. Yeah. And, and fascists will always turn on each other because fascists are powers motivated by the desire for more power. Mm. And when they run up against powers that are more motivated, they will always lose to them or at least destroy one another. Yeah. The, the, the inability of the fascist to... Psychologically, I think it is an inability to, to share power yeah. means that they will always destroy themselves. Yeah. It's a cult of war. It doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, it is. Ares can't rule in peacetime. Uh, Which is a reference to classical mythology and not the 2016 film Wonder Woman. If indeed it came out in 2016, it might have been 2017. I don't know. I didn't see it. I I did see it. It was overrated. Oh, that's a surprise. (laughs) And um, genuinely... Genuinely bad and... Oh, dear. Oh, no, we're fine. Yep. Just the screen playing tricks with me. <laughs> I didn't like seeing David Thulis do that. It was, it was a bad <laughs> time for me. How did I not pick that your <laughs> chief objection would have been an I'm unsympathetic glad, role I'm for glad David he made, Thulis? I'm glad he made bank, but I did not like seeing him do that. Yeah. It well, was, he's been on that. He was, you know, in Harry Potter and shit. Yeah, but Harry Potter was like, you know, as shit as Harry Potter was, there was a kind of charming sweetness to it. Yeah. Wonder Woman didn't have any charming sweetness to it. It was just boring American bellicose bullshit. Nice. And an attempt to save Israel's reputation by chucking an attractive Mm. Zionist at the screen. Yeah. Well. uh, Now that Scarlett Johansson's getting old. Well, she's occupied with all of the Asian roles in Hollywood, so (laughs) we have to find somebody else to play white women. Uh I mean, it's never said that the Amazons weren't Asian. They could have been from the Middle East. Yeah. Who knows? Who can say with any definitive uh, authority? Cyprus is in Asia, technically. Yeah, then we get into the sticky situation of uh, ruining my joke by (laughs) over-defining Asia in a more 
rigorous and academically acceptable way. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, let's wrap it up, man. All right. I'm well, fucking thoroughly. Thank you for listening to our uh, bummed out. Our, our goodness me, almost ninety minutes of bleakness. It'll be more than ninety. It'll be more minutes than ninety. Because Kieran's got edit. He's got his nerd bits to do. This yeah. show wouldn't run without Kieran. Let's give him a round of applause. Because uh, there's no way I'm doing any of this. I'm the only person that's clapping. Uh, well, I can't do it because <clears> I announced it. So, also enjoy this bit from uh, Leonardo's robot. Our outro song is Leonardo's robot family home. Yes, as and, always. And remember that you can contact us at weaknessforbleakness at gmail dot com. No tricks with the spelling. No tricks all with the spelling. Word. It's all one word because it's an email address. Yes. At weaknessforbleakness at gmail dot com. Yep. Uh, no episode next week, listeners. Uh, as I am going to be being overwhelmed drunk. by the ennui of our uh, of our role here as the curators of bleakness. He needs yeah. to recover with some heroin and monster wanking. <laughs> yep, that's my style. All right, let's bail the fuck out of this burning vehicle. Peace. Talk shit, man.